7, 2015. This is Connor Falk from the set show at Sports Entertainment Talk. Best case scenario, you'll get to find out about some movies and TV shows you haven't seen. You hear about some fantasy football advice that could help you win your league. Worst case, you just spent half an hour just sitting in traffic in LA or bored at work listening to something that makes the time go by faster. That's what we do on this show. We're trying to make your days better and your days a little bit shorter in the in the things that you like to do. I'm here with Miguel Felix, another movie and TV aficionado. I've known this guy now for 10 years. I've liked him for about four of them, but he's doing really well. And uh, he also works in television behind the camera. Uh, started getting me some of my first jobs. And I'm excited to have you on the show today, Miguel. Are you excited? Well, thank you for having me, Connor. I am very excited to be here, uh, talking movies and you know, entertaining everyone out there in L.A. Do people know that you're a Jesse Eisenberg impersonator? Uh, well, actually, no. Jesse Eisenberg, he came to me and stole my life once. I mean, He stole on. your life he once. He stole my life. So sometimes in Jesse Eisenberg movies, you are actually the voice that people are hearing. Yeah, when it does the voiceovers, that's me. But I'm you don't look like him. You look, look like a Romanian like... like a soldier or someone in like a Stephen Summers movie or something. That's up to debate. That's up to debate. Okay, so Miguel Felix, we've introduced him. Now we're back on the set show, Sports Entertainment Talk. This section is going to be Entertainment Terminator 5. We recently watched it. It's a July 4th weekend movie. As you know, this is a big part of my life. Dad, Richard Falk, you're listening right now. Man, I love you. You name me after John Connor. And after watching the first two movies consecutively before, I have to say I really appreciate it. They say he's a strong leader. They say he has a way with people and that people want to follow him. And uh, I don't know. I happen to agree. So Terminator 5, we watched it. Dude, I I, I liked it a lot. I, I don't mean, know. Well, yeah, it was super entertaining and, and definitely stuck to the lines of the first two movies. Absolutely. And you were already more excited than I was. So for me, it was only a cherry on top that it happened to be entertaining. We're going to watch it regardless. I think I was the only person excited for that new Terminator movie this summer. Exactly. And I could see why a lot of people, I mean, at least the ratings right now, I'm reading on certain sites and whatnot, people are bashing this movie. And it's hard for me after when the last two movies, Terminator Salvation and Terminator 3, to me, some of the worst in the franchise of what they try to do with the story. Yeah. And I don't understand that either. I don't understand why they're giving it such a you know hard time because I did they not watch Terminator 3? Did they forget about that movie? That was by far the worst one. Exactly. Those are pretty terrible. Linda Hamilton wouldn't even come back. You have Claire Danes. And as you said, I was named after John Connor. So when a guy like Nick Stahl is playing who I was named after, I have Edward Furlong. I have Nick Stahl. I have never gotten anyone cool. I guess Christian Bale could say he was a cool John Connor. I mean, yeah, he was a pretty but, uh, intense John Connor. You know, Connor. Jason Clark coming in here from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, an Australian actor starting to get really big. Zero Dark Thirty was a big thing for him. People started noticing Public him. Public enemies. Public enemies. So this ginger haired guy comes in and uh, he's playing John Connor this time, the leader of the resistance. We start in the beginning of the movie, and I think the coolest part, even you and I were like, this is freaking awesome, dude, because we actually got to see the robots fighting, like robot fighting of 2015 graphics. Finally, we get to see the, you know, post- you know, Judgment Day battles between the robots and the humans. And we've never seen them do very well, t- you know, a job of this. And finally, we get to see them yeah. fighting a war. And something I was noticing, we watched in Terminator 1 and then watching 2, is that we didn't really get to see humans handle cool future futuristic weapons yet. That's and we point. got to That's see that point. in the first one with laser guns, finally, you know, like in from that, you know, uh, what's his name? Wesley Snipes vein from Demolition Man coming in with the <laughs> laser guns, you know? So uh, Terminator 5, you know, we go from there. So we start out in the future. He sends Kyle Reese back. But we don't want to get too 
follows the first movie. Yeah, so follows the, the first, first movie, movie. You're really going to enjoy the Easter eggs and the nostalgic of this movie because they definitely give you an homage to that first movie. Absolutely. Like the first 20 minutes really are Terminator 1. They even have the characters where Bill Paxton played all playing the same people. So that, that is pretty fun from there is really just a reenactment of that. Um, well, but, a funny little tidbit actually. They had to reshoot most of those scenes with different actors because they actually couldn't reuse the original footage because it was a different company at the time. Okay. But they weren't going to anyway though, right? I mean, unless well, they tried to since, it was, since the Terminator was bought, uh, the franchise was bought after Terminator 2 ended and John, James Cameron Kondrick ended, they couldn't reuse that same footage because it would cost them way too much money to do that. So they ended up just reshooting the entire opening scene of that of Terminator 1. So I think they did a great job, though. Doing yeah, that. that's not bad. So ultimately, does James Cameron, did he have a part of this then? Did he give them the rights back? Well, no. James Cameron, uh, the rights were sold to Warner Brothers, along, uh, I believe, right after Terminator 3 happened so basically it's two different companies so they were competing against different studios so one studio wouldn't let them use the footage, yeah so basically. first was fox i believe yes. and then and yes, then it yes, goes yes, to right. warner bros so mm-hmm. okay well terminator 5 after that i can get where they go in a time machine a few different times in this movie a lot of different alternate realities and things start occurring so i can understand people have a problem with that but the biggest thing i like is in each of the movies you have a character who kind of relies on another and kind of becomes like either a father figure, mother figure, or some kind of friend figure, right? And in, in the second one, obviously, Arnold and John Connor become friends. He takes care of them. That, that whole scene where Linda Hamilton is watching him, and she's saying how he'll never leave him, blah, 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 after all these deadbeat dads he's had, so he's important. Yep. In this one, I re- and even in Terminator Salvation, you have Sam Worthington robot who befriends John Connor. Yeah, or even Kyle Reese in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Kyle, Kyle Reese in a sense. Figure and- that's what Sam Worthington's character did. Uh, interestingly enough, kind of makes him less of a robot in that movie. You know, from going from Bruce Wayne, he kind of needs a robot oh, to teach him how to be a human. To re, yeah, to reintroduce So there, there's some commentation right now. Commentary on the set show, Sports Entertainment Talk, at the set show on Twitter, SoundCloud.com, the set show. Then in Terminator 5, we have alternate different realities. Basically, you know, people who you haven't seen a Terminator become a Terminator. And back on that vein of the relationships, I really like how Sarah Connor now, as a kid, Emilia Clark our Khaleesi, is uh just calls Terminator Pops. Like he's like his father figure. Yeah, it was that was great. I think it was a nice switch because we were so used to seeing the Terminator you know, every chance that Sarah Connor had to deal with the Terminator in the past was always a fear and terror and she never trusted them. But to see her actually, you know, have this Terminator be her father type figure Definitely was a nice change. Exactly. So this time they had a lot better relationship and people really enjoyed that. Um, so, I mean, too many alternate realities. What rating would you give it? Um, well, I mean, there is some things, some questions left unanswered with it, but there's already a planned sequel and I think they planned for that. Um, overall, though, I think it was a great summer movie. Very entertaining. I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. You're going to give it a 7 out of 10? I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. I am as well. I'm going to say it's the third best of the franchise. In some ways, just because of all the cool special effects we get to see, we get to see the production value, it might be more entertaining in a way than Terminator 1 just because of the effects. Again, because you get to see so many different Terminators, so many different robots, so many different deaths. Um, you almost get more a bang for your buck, I would say, in a way. But I have to say Terminator 1 is the second best. Obviously, T2 is T2. always going to be the best. I mean, James Cameron, you're the movie, man. The only sequel to ever succumb the first movie. Well, the only guy who could do it is a guy who also like rides submarines like down in the ocean already. He like, raised the bar for humanity. He I raised mean, the bar. On. I'm pretty sure if people don't know this, in Pacific Rim, the aliens get out through a hole that James Cameron makes by trying to go to an alternate reality. Uh, Pacific Rim, it's a, it's a movie made for the Chinese that I didn't think was very uh, good. 
Well, that's a whole other debate we'll get to it later. <laughs> that's a whole other debate. Um, the next thing, uh, TV, TV. Do you like TV, Miko? Uh, I love TV. Connor. I think you know that I like TV, right? I think so. So I, I think you had a few questions for me because I'm ready to go ahead and do some commentary right now. So answer some questions from a fan, you know, from a, from a co-host right now, from a listener, about some TV shows that maybe people should watch this summer, right? Yeah, I mean, Connor, I, you know, every weekend off, I have nothing else to do. I'm trying to watch some TV. What uh, what TV shows would you recommend that nobody's watching right now? Well, just for summer, and I'm going to go ahead and obviously I make this for the audience of what I think people are probably not going to chance to check out. These are a lot of cable shows. And, you know, if you don't have a certain channel, you might not have time to DVR or whatnot. You have a crazy work or school schedule. You might not have time to really put the time in. So some of these, you know, these shows have these trailers and commercials that doesn't get everyone. But when you actually get into the plot of the show, it does widen its audience. So the first thing I want to say power on stars it's really one of their first gangster dramas that they've had executive produced by 50 cent he's actually in the show does a good job you know playing a character that's you know more fitting of how he does it and really so doesn't he's not playing a hacker he's not playing a hacker okay, what, what was that movie again uh, i believe escape, it was, uh, plan. escape plan escape yeah, plan i never i didn't finish it i thought it was yeah, pretty was, awful when you have when you have 50 cent playing a computer hacker then you probably should just go ahead and turn that movie yeah on. i'm sure he might be a cool computer guy but i just don't want to see that on screen you know so and, and he plays his character kanan and he basically is the one that taught these two characters ghost and tommy omari hardwick is the he's the head actor of this i knew him from a show dark blue was on tnt um also you might know him from uh, gridiron gang he was in gridiron gang played a character in there he's actually an ex-college football player for georgia started for three years so the guy is an athletic guy and you can kind of see that in his acting almost and in power he's playing a guy from the streets who is a drug runner and a drug dealer but no one knows who he is he has his nickname ghost no one has seen ghost no one knows who ghost is so he's very smart very smart individual and he runs a club and that's his real dream he runs a club um, in in uh, New York, it's a high class club. Everyone's going there. No one knows where this guy's from, and obviously they use that to launder their money as well. Um, but that's his big dream is to make this club because he's so good at it. So okay. Truth, I believe it's called. He's trying to you know get these from different places, make it a bigger business. His best friend, who's another gangster as well, he's kind of bringing him down. He doesn't get the need for a thing like Truth, obviously. So you have that great relationship, like in any gangster movie drama or whatnot. Okay. That's tragic because you have two people that are close. The guy who plays Tommy, Mr. Rosick, I believe is his last name. Um, I think you would know him from that movie Safe. He was like the, one of the main uh, Russian dealers. Okay. He yes, was also yes. in uh, Jack Reacher. He was the guy who commits, apparently commits the sniper in the beginning that Jack comes from. Oh, the guy so, that gets beaten. Exactly. Yeah. He plays a really good gangster in this. Tommy, he has an affinity for redheads, a redhead girlfriend who is just really annoying and is probably going to cause a lot of trouble for the guys. And uh, overall, it's just a really good show. And, um, you know, I don't know if 50 Cent did this show based on his true life stories or whatnot. Um, Connor, well, what would you compare that show to? Like, so say, like, I've never seen the show, and what you're saying, it sounds very interesting, but, like, let's give me a comparison to what kind of the show that it would kind of fall into. God, that's a good question. I'm not necessarily ready for that, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Power on Stars, what would I recommend it to? I mean, TV show-wise, um, do you remember that show that was on NBC? Was that miniseries Kingpin? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, um... What's his name? Uh, Bobby Carnival. Yes. He okay. was the brother. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that Wasn't was Jimmy Smith in that show too. I can't confirm that. I don't okay. think so. Okay. Um, the actor, the main actor, I see him. In, I see him in my eyes right now in bit pla- bit places and movies, but I can't really uh, name them right now. I don't think the audience would know what I was talking about. But Kingpin okay. on NBC it was a mini series. Bobby Carnival played the brother and was basically this guy who's trying to go legit, but he happens to be the head of a cartel. Okay. He was okay. born in that family, so he's growing up. So that makes know, sense. Power might be a little better, I think, because he didn't come from a cartel. He built all this himself, and the character is really charismatic, and you root form of how intelligent this guy is. You know, he's playing he's playing chess while other people are playing checkers. Perfect. Um, they right. actually just tweeted us at the set show on Twitter. If you want to check us out, they t- I, I sent a tweet. 
tweet. I like to promote these shows that I talk about. You know, why not? You know, worst case, you're listening right now. You're saying, oh, I'm bored on a Thursday. I, I, I don't want to watch any more reality shows that show the badness of America. So why don't I watch some scripted stuff? People actually create it in their mind. They shoot it. It shows you a lot more value that you get as a viewer. Power around stars. And TV shows have definitely taken the top merit, I think, over a demon movie sometimes. All right, what's, uh, let's see, is there any other shows that are out right now that you uh, Well, number two, I would say, and these are also are in order of how good I think people would like them, right? So uh, number two is Tyrant on FX. I know that you finally caught up with this. Yes. When our show. second season Great now show. of this show. Um, right now, I don't want to get too off, but in second season, we're already almost in a biblical kind of story, kind of modern a Moses, yes, a modern definitely. Moses. So it's really something I think universally a lot of people can understand with. Adam Rayner is the star of this show. He's an English actor, known a lot of BBC programs. I don't happen to watch because I'm an American from America and a pretty good actor and basically he plays an Al-Fayed a doctor at UCLA, I believe, is a pediatrician who happens to be the son of a dictator in the Middle East, you know, that we can compare, I think, to an Iraq or a Saudi Arabia kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, definitely a dictator-run nation. Exactly. So he's a prince who chose to leave the kingdom because he just didn't believe in the, you know, the genocide and the things that were happening in this third world country. And uh, eventually he goes ahead and he goes to a birthday party for his brother, who is the next in line to be king or dictator, whatever you want to call it. He's the actor from the kingdom. That's where I know him. He plays the um, cop that really helps Jamie Foxx solve the murder. So I know that you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He was also had a bit part in 300, Rise of the Empire. Huh. He okay. was one of the um, uh, the ship captains. Oh, okay. that she like starts tasking to, uh, to, to defeat down. these guys. And everyone that she doesn't, he kills her. Okay. So uh, yeah, um, Rise of the Empire 300. I don't want to get on a tangent right now. But I have to tell you, I actually like that more than the original 300. So if you haven't seen that one, give it a chance. If you had a poor taste after watching 300, the first one, check out the second one because it might be better. It might be a lot better. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the uh, second one more than the first one, too. You agree with that, right? I do, I do. I, I thought the Navy uh, battles in that movie were perfectly filmed and shot, and I thought that was great. Pretty cool, something yeah. you hadn't seen yeah, yet. Definitely. I know I know you've seen Tyron as well. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you now, yes. switch it back on okay. you, what do you, would you compare that show to? Well, I, I like where you're, the reference to the Bible uh, works of Moses and stuff. Well, I, I like to go back to the first season where I kind of felt, when I first started watching it, it felt a little bit like Godfather to me with the you know yes. forgotten son who's come back home to deal with the problems of his father and his brother and yeah. then the relationship between the two brothers. I really enjoy that. And you can see the, the, the struggles these two characters go through the entire season and how his brother is trying to help his brother fix his nation to, you know, be better in the whole world in the whole world sense. And, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the FX it's out on FX right now. And, it's just FX has some of the best TV out right now, so I think it's one of their no- top shows right now. And uh, yeah, just good good television. It's good television, according to Miguel Felix. He's from Bakersfield, California, not Arizona. We have confirmed that he has. <laughs> I have one, my legal documentation. He has one right fantasy football championship that we know of in the league that matters. California Gamers estimated. I think we're going on eighteen years now. Eighteen. I've been at twelve seasons, and I'm ready to go to my. Uh, this would be what? Well, I think it would be my fourth championship appearance in five years. And it would be my fifth semifinals appearance if I can just get to that. So, aka, I'm dominating. That's why you should listen to us. I know, I don't know. I come from Bakersfield. You come from Bakersfield. What do you, what can you do in Bakersfield, man? Sports, movies, and it's pretty much just sports, drugs. And so, sports, if you don't do the drugs, drugs be do good. Drugs. Stay away from stay drugs. drugs. Stay in school, kids. And you focus on the sports and the movies. You can have something to talk about. Maybe someday you have a podcast. 
There you go. Okay, so now again, we got two friends of 10 years talking about TV right now. If you're listening and thinking, hey, I do that with my friends all the time. Maybe I have something to relate to the show. That's the point. Check us out each week. Next is Ray Donovan on Showtime. This is one I'm regretting not seeing. Connor, please elaborate what is so good. I love this show. show. I have to put it down, though, because I feel like I'm almost biased that I love it too much and people will understand my love for it. But basically, you've seen Michael Clayton, right? I have seen Michael Clayton. Pretty simply, it's Michael Clayton in the entertainment industry. The guy who takes care of problems. Everyone has that problem. You know, Especially there's in a lot of things entertainment industry. Exactly. There's a lot of things that don't make it to the news that we see about that are because of people like that get in the way of it, you know, paying them off at somehow or just being smart and seeing a problem arising before it actually hits you. Okay. So Ray Donovan, you have Lee Schreiber, you have John Voigt, two amazing actors. You have some actors from uh, the lead. She was the um, I don't want to say she let's say she was the well female of the night in Deadwood. She played in that. Remember, she was really good. <laughs> yes. And uh, she plays his wife and uh, John Voigt plays his father who comes home from prison. And basically, you just see the inner workings of Hollywood. I mean, last season basically had a Suge Knight character that he had to take care of. Oh, okay. So that's uh, not something you don't really see much in television. That's actually very interesting. But it's related on real life stuff in LA. Oh, you yeah. know? So we, it's we kinda... all know the story of Suge Knight. Everybody. And luckily, so... you and I working in the industry, we have more of an idea of what actually happens. And so it's really realistic. I oh, really yeah. like it. I also have a connection because Shark Tank, which I, I'm lucky enough to work on, they shoot that at Sony and I'm always seeing Ray Donovan I got to meet Leif Schreiber great actor really cool guy I mean how good was his saber tooth man the best saber tooth we've ever had on screen okay fans out there might actually enjoy Wolverine Origins I don't know they can I don't know why but the best part of that movie by far was Leif Schreiber that that saber tooth ugh I wish Brian Singer would have used him in the first movie. That would have been amazing. Yeah, Brian Singer, we're not really a fan of his. I think there's better directors of that. Anyways, Ray Donovan on Showtime. Check it out. A really good show. If you have any affinity for Hollywood, what's going on, for business, and just, you know, it's like a gangster show meets Boiler Room, almost. With a little bit of splash of glitz and gum of, of Hollywood? Yeah, okay. which had a baby with Michael Clayton. Okay. And then went to school with... Californication's writer director like I don't know I'm all out there now for the show but so far we're at Power on Stars check it out that's on Saturdays Tyrant on FX which is Tuesday evenings and Ray Donovan which is starting first uh, third season come back on July 17th check it out and you're welcome for all these networks that I'm plugging your shows right now the next <laughs> show is a show that you and I watch together as well why don't you lead us into the last show well the last show is AMC's Halt and Catch Fire Halt and Catch Fire if you guys haven't seen this show wow this show is it just touches on the growth and built of the modern day computer and the expansion of its involvement with the internet and connecting people. Exactly. So if you heard Miguel Felix playing Jesse Eisenberg talking about Hall and Catch Fire on AMC, it's about computers, about the beginning of that world in Texas, basically like for like a Texas instruments like company and uh, the beginning of that era. I think they're in the early 80s, right? Yeah, there. Late yeah. 70s, early 80s. You have salesmen from IBM coming over. It's a hot market. There's a lot of promise at that point. This is before the Steve Jobses and our Bill Gates is when they were big. You know, this is really actually building those machines. Also the same effect. You have video games coming into play be a computer and platform so now they're starting to connect to each other obviously the same kind of chips and programmers going you know back very and forth very tech savvy too it's if you are if you dig the birth of a computer and what's inside the guts and everything you're gonna love this because they are actually very accurate with what they describe yeah on that screen i feel like i'm learning stuff watching it. amc has a long history of having some good shows if you like breaking bad if you like hill on wheels um what's another good amc show that people like uh mad men Matt, oh, there we go. There we yeah, go. On the set show, one. added some info here. Mad Men just finished this last season. It was a pretty good show. He definitely, Don Draper is one of the best TV characters of all time. Very well-written show. Matthew Weiner, he came from Sopranos. Um, so basically, Matthew Weiner 
this what I've heard from the interview, I know we're jumping off again, but why not? It's information for people while you're in your car, you're at work right now, or you have your headphones on while your parents are trying to talk to you stuff and you just don't <laughs> want to listen to them. Matthew Weiner was at The Sopranos, you know, one of the writers, and basically every day during the filming, he's writing Mad Men. So he writes Sopranos mm-hmm. on his job, and then when they're filming and he's kind of hanging out, you know, That's pretty interesting. he writes that. Mad Men and had this whole story. So it took a while for him to shop it, but AMC, which was then was up and coming, was before Breaking Bad. Okay. Uh, so, and uh, they took a risk on that and ended up going, what, eight seasons? Yeah. And so, it's one of their staple shows, what brought their broadcast to they are now today exactly so John Hamm has to thank them for a career you know a great actor now <laughs> yeah. so someday maybe we'll have you on the show John Hamm we'll talk about that but Hall and Catch Fire another good thing about it is that it's 80s theme you got 80s oh. music which is cool god if you love the 80s techno I mean the whole synthesized sound and everything that's uh, it's perfect it, it really just does a great job representing that time and era and the feel like the, in the rush of the you know the 80s and all the craziness and the lights and gimmicks of it great great stuff just good show overall so that's the last show we have amc halt and catch fire something you're not watching this summer you're hanging out you're having uh, hot dogs you're watching sports you're trying to swim in the pool you're trying to stay out of the heat these are some shows you can watch power on stars tyrant on fx ray donovan on showtime and halt and catch fire on amc this is connor falk and i falcon think you should listen and watch those shows next we have a sport that you really like now miguel what's something that i'm pretty good at let's be honest right now other than talking on a podcast are we, are we talking about fantasy football here? I think we're talking about well, sports. Well, sports, yes. But general, yes, I but think yes. we're fantasy, fantasy football. Fantasy football, yes. This man, I've known him for 10 years, as he said. And when we know when we want to know sports, we call him. When we want to know a simple question about sports, at any and all sports, we, we talk to him. If and you can see my face, I'm blushing right now. So I really appreciate it. You know, that's why I have you have your friends on the show because they say good things about you. Maybe I know what I'm doing here. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I, you were in the California game as a season before I was. Yeah, actually, I brought him into the league. Yeah, you were one of the people who brought me into the league. So I owe you a lot. You know, my first season of fantasy, I was not very well versed. I mean, Ben Clawwater, if he ever listens, probably not. But he helped me with Tatum Bell. When oh, he was in the Broncos, yep. way back in the day of you know of multiple number twenty sixes who had great seasons for the Broncos, Broncos. Uh, it's weird. Insert yeah, back. insert anybody. I was actually watching the U recently, and I remember oh, how good nice. that was. You got Willis McGahee, you have Clinton Portis, Andre Johnson. I mean Michael Irvin, guys from the Reggie earlier days. Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Jeremy Shockey, Bubba Franks. Jeez, I mean, You're so just listing so many Pro Bowls I, right there. Basically, yeah, they were saying that basically if you just uh, schooled an NFL team of all players from South Florida, that you'd win like every year every Sounds Super Bowl like it. I mean geez exactly so okay this year in fantasy football well let me ask you a question Connor okay since you've been to so many title games and let's just I'll be I'll admit it right now I ended eighth place last year <laughs> what key fa- like is there any rookies to look up for maybe some late round steals that yeah. you may have some advice for well, see I'm glad you said late round steals because why I love rookies in any sport and also in fantasy is because they're cheaper for four years, you have them locked up. You know, when the guy's in fifth year, especially you're playing a video game or something, he oh, wants yeah, those 10 millions of a month, you know, a year, and you're like, hey, man, I liked you before, I can't afford it. You know, it's like when you have the girlfriend that costs $80 more for a date than the one who costs $20. You know, she will only have sushi as opposed to go into like a sports bar and have like a burger. You Come know, on, it's two way street. Ladies. I can't do sushi all the time. You know, sometimes you got to have a pizza and burger. This is America, this you is know, America. or just have a nice night in. Anyways, uh, value in fantasy football is how you win championships and where you get it with the buck. For your value this is america last time i checked that's what all we want is convenience be it monetarily or co- competitively in fantasy football so rookies this year number one and who i think has the best chance because to me 
this is two years in a row, my friend. You've been a friend of me for a while. There's only been two years in our lives as friends and in general, really, mm-hmm. that the Raiders have drafted a guy that the summer before I was like, dang, that'd be awesome if we got this guy. This I have true. to give you, though, Cleo Mack I just knew. But you did put me onto Amari Cooper like in September of last year. You did I just tell saw me what about he did it. in those championship games. He just ran the best routes of any uh, in the SEC, too, with those high-level cornerbacks, and he yeah. just made them look like children compared when he's playing less games than the pros and yet he had over 150 receptions in the sec like you said the best athletes where those guys from south florida go Mm -hmm. so i mean a a true player to me he reminds me of a young chris carter soft hands crisp route runner a guy who when he gets his opportunity he takes care of he understands that a receiver's job is to catch football move the change um amari cooper because of our quarterback Derek carr who's also from Bakersfield. Bakersfield, California. We know Shout football out. there. Shout out. Uh, Derek, number four, his development. I think I'm more I'm more worried about Derek developing than I am Amari Cooper. I think he's already a sure thing. I think he comes in as a good player. I'm, I'm excited about Derek. I mean, there's there's a lot of good upsides to him. I mean, last year he showed a lot of good value. Didn't turn the ball over that often. Only threw maybe, what, 12 interceptions, I think, last year. Yeah, but when you're throwing six-yard passes, it's a little well, bit harder Well, I feel that also was being a little, you know, he was being a little cautious. Yes. This first year. He didn't want to turn the ball over. He saw what the pass Raiders quarterbacks have done, and he was trying to yeah. change things. So I think this year they're going to let him off his leash and let him throw that ball. And Amari Cooper definitely going to, you know, enjoy the benefits of that. Well, I hope so. Amari Cooper, another guy who can help Amari Cooper is Reichel Crabtree, who many years ago was supposed to go to the Raiders. You know, everyone thought. I was the one pushing for that too. Out of Texas Tech. Right now, I was that one game he had that amazing grab on the the one yard line was just. Yeah, I'll give you one name who misses Michael Crabtree right now. You ready? Number six, Graham Harrell. Former wow. quarterback for Texas Graham Tech. Graham Harold. Got drafted. I think he undrafted to the Packers. We haven't heard from them. He's probably selling insurance right now in Texas. Probably has a great life and a really cool, like, the, um, like bat cave in his house, oh, yeah, you know, with, like, draft dude, for I mean, fantasy hey, and if stuff. if you played for Packers for at least a couple of years, you're doing well. Exactly. So it could be a lot worse. So Amari Cooper, I think, has a great season. A rookie guy to look at. You're probably looking at him through the eighth and 11th rounds. He starts Perfect. becoming available. I was available. about to ask you, what, what do you feel is the round number he would be in? So Exactly. Eight through 11? Okay. That's you want another guy? Yeah. Let's, uh, okay. what do, let me give me, give me a couple more. Like, what do you got? Okay. I like Running backs too. Running backs, especially that have less tread on the tire. They're cheaper in fantasy, cheaper in life in general. So you want to use them as much as you can for the first three years. Next guy, Duke Johnson out of Miami. Boom. Another circle of life of why we're going back to watching the U. A running back receiver. He also a good reception out of the backfield. Duke Johnson for the Cleveland Browns. Now I know they had multiple guys playing for them last year. But with how that offense is going to be, I just think a guy who's that good with Isaiah Correll, who I think is, you know, I don't know yet. Yeah. I think I like Duke Johnson has the upside. I that you feel should, he's more of a ground and pound guy, right? Exactly. I, I think you should still pay attention to what he does. And if, if Johnny Manziel is that good of a player, then ultimately he's going to be moving so much out of the backfield and around that running backs in the flat are going to get a lot of catches, okay. at least a lot of opportunities. They'll probably play some option. Guy's going to get to run out of the backfield. Some defense is going to have a hard time with that, playing against that college offense. So Duke Johnson, a good player out of Miami for the Cleveland Browns. Next, which is funny, David Johnson from Duke. Huh. You know, so you have two D Johnsons that are, are rookie or second year running backs that you think are going to have a good season. David Johnson, to me, a running back for Arizona. I think he's the first pure runner they've had in a while. Um, remember what was you know another guy who's gone now? It was um, remember that running back at Ohio State, number twenty eight. He was like a second rounder out of Arizona. God, oh, I, uh, he was a big player, big guy. I think he was like a Heisman finalist one year. Beanie Wells. Beanie Wells. Thank you, man. Yep. Beanie Wells, and now he's gone. You know, so a lot of running backs have come Rashad in. Rashad Mendenhall. Rashad Mendenhall. And, and now he's on Ballers. Yep, Check it out on him. HBO yeah, on Sundays. Also a pretty good show, a summer show, but it didn't make my top five just because you probably already know about it because a guy named The Rock is in it. Yeah. And uh, he just saved San Francisco from earthquakes in San Andreas. So biggest, biggest act star right now. Yeah, so uh, Duke Johnson on um, Arizona. I think because who, who oh, was sorry, that? David Johnson, right? Sorry, David Johnson. Who 
who was that that young receiver, running back receiver last year, number thirty eight? What was his name? Andre again? Ellington. Andre Ellington. Now he just couldn't stay healthy. Everyone was waiting yeah. for him to get hurt. He's more of a receiver See, slash. That's back. why I made my mistake last year, Connor. I drafted him high. Where'd you take him? Do you remember? Uh, one of my it wasn't our league, but in one of my leagues, I took him. He was my first running back taken. Oh yeah, in Brooks's league. Yeah, I took. Oh, that him was high. a twelve team league, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think you actually won that league. I did. I did win that league. But it was a ten dollar buy. But he, he didn't actually. He didn't make it the whole season. I had to, you know, I had to do some waiver wire pickups to save my season. But yeah, he was. Uh, he definitely hurt me last year. And I even our friend Ben Clawwitter, we mentioned earlier, he took him high. I think his first running back too, and I really it, hurt him. Exactly. And I couldn't take him because for me, I, I hate to be a sizeist and you know judge by athlete, you know by looks, but for running backs, I need a guy who's big and strong. You know, you just do. It. Otherwise, science a smaller guy who's shifty and skinny is just going to get hurt by well, getting hit all day. Yeah, usually, I mean, running back. Pretty much position you're getting hit every play, every play you're getting hit. Exactly, it's a little bit more difficult from that. So I think Duke Johnson's going to get a chance because Andre Ellington is not going to stay as healthy. The guy that used to have from Stanford, I believe, isn't on the team anymore. Yeah, uh, number Stephen thirty, Taylor. Stephen Taylor, he's gone. Um, and last but not least, he's last because we still don't know about his injury, and the hype is so high um, that I just don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of running backs with hype that didn't do anything, and that's Todd Gurley, first well, round first pick. Rounder. I mean, ended up going tenth to the, uh, the St. Louis Rams. So I think he's someone you should look out for. But a lot of these guys is why preseason is so important. Please watch your preseason games, especially people think, oh, this well, aren't you a little worried, though, since there's, that backfield is very crowded in the St. Louis, uh, at the Rams? Well, they got rid of Zach Stacy. Okay. So now they have Benji Cunningham, and they have, uh, what was the other guy, number 40? They got a, a rookie from last year. Trey, Trey Mason. Mason. And Trey Mason had some good games, but still, they wouldn't take him unless they liked him more. That's just how you're thinking. And, yeah, you know, if he's more like an Eddie George, you have the coach Jeff Fisher who had his best years under Eddie George. He likes running backs. And again, this is another guy who played in the SEC. He was pretty successful. I remember you and I were at lunch from a show we were working on, remember? We were out in Venice and we stopped by that pizza place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Uh, T.I. and the Family or whatever? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of those shows. So we were out there, and Todd Gurley had like, three touchdowns. Like, everyone's going for them. They were playing Clemson. Yes. They were playing Clemson, and we're watching it with Georgia fans. So there's some TV talk right there. You have two hosts here, people who actually work on television. So, you know, talking about television. So maybe add some kind of legitimacy to why you should be maybe paying attention right now. So that's Todd Gurley. We did we'll, devote our lives to watching TV, guys. So it did. We, 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 we have some sort we of. We did accept. We did, if we can get anything out of it, I think this would be time to be able to do something. <laughs> um, so Todd Gurley running back. I think you're looking at him like in the 10th through 13th rounds. And I think he's he's definitely somebody that could be worth it. So that's okay. this is the set show. Sports, entertainment, talk. Can I ask you a question? Did you like sports? I love sports. Do you feel like you were entertained from being on the show? Uh, I believe I made it more entertaining by being on the show. Oh, nice. Okay, and now you're talking game right now. So you're talking. So there's the S, the E, and the T. My name's Connor Falk. Ernesto Casillas, my co-founder, my co-host. He's being an awesome dad right now. He's work. He's got adult jobs. So he's going to be back when we start doing our fantasy football shows. We want to. We might do two shows this year. We might go ahead and do even more of the set show when we add entertainment. I give you your Falcon American movie of the week. I give you your top five movies you haven't checked out. I give you some pop culture references and things that are happening in the industry and then we're going to have our special fantasy draft kings episode where we just give you stats i want to give you exactly why you should should or shouldn't stop start certain guys you have my hot five not five the falcon yes the falcon no so all the things that you're going to need to beat your friends like i can beat miguel all the time and say dude do you think that that uh the reason you're not good at fantasy is because i'm just like smarter than you as a person or you know what got our winners coming Winners coming. Yeah, but the darkness is always Falcon Football, which is the name of my franchise. The darkness is coming. 
And again, listen to little podcasts that tell you about sleeper guys. Check out rookies on the waiver wire. Check out rookies in the preseason. And again, watch the preseason. Check out some good shows on on the summer. This is the set show at the set show on Twitter, SoundCloud.com. The set show. Connor Falk sounds like a bad word, but it's not. Named after John Connor. Terminator 5 was a pretty good movie, as we talked about in the beginning. Miguel Felix, also from Bakersfield, also likes sports and movies and talking about them. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a wonderful Tuesday.